0: Hello, everyone, welcome to episode 201. We got there, we are one episode tipped over past the 200 mark, and you probably are going to hear that my voice sounds a little bit funny today. I ran a spiritual intensive for all of our academy students last week, which was great. We had the best time. We had about 120 students fly in from all around Australia, and I think either someone gave me the lurgies or it was because the um, the air conditioner in my hotel room where I was was freezing. Anyway, so if my voice sounds a bit funny, I apologize. I will try not to clear it too many times. Also, guys, can I say a very <clears throat> big thank you to those of you who did go along and wrote a nice review on Apple Podcast. Guys, I really, really, really appreciate that. It helps other people to find Girl Next Door. So I'm glad you enjoyed the 200th episode. I had um, a new friend of mine, Rachel Reeves from Virginia, USA, and I know you guys really, really love that episode. So if you haven't listened to that because you don't normally listen to Fridays because it's Parenthood Friday, do go back and have a listen. I think you'll really, really love it. Anyway, on with today, back to one of our usual topics. I want to talk about the manly seven and excluding inclusion. Now, if you are anything like me and you know nothing about the NRL, which is who I'm talking about, I'm not talking about manly as in men. It's the name of of one of the the clubs. So I'm going to explain to you what happened just last week. Uh, And the reason is I want to talk about this growing issue of intolerance, which is actually being perpetrated by those who talk the most about being tolerant. So we are living in crazy days, guys, where we're being made to believe that we are intolerant unless we subscribe to certain beliefs. Now, not only must we accept these new ideologies that we're being told to subscribe to, but now we've also got to celebrate and participate in certain views. And on top of that, we are told not only what we must accept, celebrate, and participate in, But we are also told what we are not allowed to accept, celebrate and participate in. Now, before I get into what happened with the Manly Seven, let me give you an example. And of course, one of the best ones that comes to mind is around this whole issue of gender. It seems to be one of the most popular ideologies going around. So in order to be labeled as tolerant, we must accept that there are endless numbers of genders and that one can also choose which of those genders that they are. Oh, and even more so, we must also accept that a person can change between them within any given time or day. And to remain tolerant, we are not allowed to accept that there could only be two genders which are assigned to us at birth. So in order to be tolerant, we now have to deny science, morality and the truth that we've been living by for, oh, let's just say the last couple of hundred uh, years. So truth no longer matters. In fact, if you even use the word truth, then you are being ignorant and phobic and even triggering. So no longer can we think for ourselves, no longer can we choose values for ourselves. We have to subscribe to the tolerant army. And no story highlights this more than what happened last week with the seven Manly NRL players who if you're not if you haven't seen the headlines, they were banned from playing in last I think it was Thursday night's game for not for choosing not to wear a pride jersey. So according to the NRL, it was going to be a game celebrating inclusion and diversity. That's why they were going to wear the pride jerseys except they happen to forget to include seven of their own players and they forgot to celebrate diversity of their beliefs. And this is what we are starting to see more and more from the left. And that's what I want to unpack today. The absolute hypocrisy, the superiority, the um, you know, the shouting of, we must be inclusive, but according to them, only of some. We must celebrate diversity, but it turns out only for a few. And of course, there's a huge assumption in there that we must all think the same. So they celebrate diversity, but are only allowing uniformity of thought, complete and utter hypocrisy right there. So yes, they are trying to mandate How we all should be thinking, because hey guys, nothing celebrates freedom like mandates, right? So this NRL club, the Manly Sea Eagles, is um, is what they're called. They decided last week that their boys would wear a pride jersey for Wednesday night's game. And by the way, and I might talk about this at the end. It turns out that. The NRL, um, you know, they've got their home jerseys, like their jerseys for when they're home and then they've got their jerseys for when they're away but then they keep bringing in all these different kind of jerseys to celebrate different things. Like I think they have an Indigenous jersey and then they're bringing in more and more things. And so that in itself is starting to become controversial. But anyway, they very quickly decided we're all going to wear this pride jersey. And the reason was, according to them, and I quote, to celebrate inclusiveness in rugby league. But what happened was the club players were not consulted. They were told this is what's happening. You guys are all wearing this pride jersey. Now, it would have been fine except 7 of the players. This is where the controversy came in. 7 of the players refused to wear the jersey for several reasons, but um they they were forced to sit out the game. So the rule then according to the club was well, no pride jersey, no game. But then they went a step further not only were they banned from not playing, they were also banned from attending the game. Now, the reasons that the boys refused to wear the pride jersey was because it went against their cultural and religious views. Now, this is interesting. Guys, this is like something that should be in a Woman's Day magazine, but the club even lied about this. Before the game on Thursday night, the club came out and I don't know if the club were trying to stir trouble or what they were trying to do, but the club, the (laughs) club, sorry, can you tell my voice is not good? The club came out and said that the boys apparently were going to backflip on this. And if they were consulted, they were willing to consider wearing the pride jersey next year. Of which I remember thinking, well, that's a little bit disappointing. They stand up one year and the next year, apparently they're going to happily wear it as long as they're consulted. However, and the new, this is how the news reported it, that the boys were backflipping. But give it another 24 hours in the news cycle. That was not true, guys. And the seven manly Sea Eagle players emphatically shut that down because they said, quote, they don't backflip on religious beliefs. So I don't know whether the club were trying to cause trouble by saying, oh, well, you know, they were going to backflip. I I don't know if they didn't want trouble at their game. I don't know what their reason was. But anyway, they told a nice porky on that one. So the guys were not backflipping. They're not going to wear it next year. That's not what they said. Now, what's even more interesting, of course, is that they had to replace those seven guys. And then it turns out that some of the lower grade players who were asked to replace the seven boycotters Guess what? They also refused to wear the inclusive strip and would not play in the clash for the same reasons, for religious and cultural reasons. So let's explore the hypocrisy here because this hypocrisy is just becoming absolutely typical of the left because it's absolutely glaring to me that while they demanded tolerance and inclusion, they were not playing by their own rules. So first of all, by forcing all players to wear a pride jersey, the club is demanding tolerance. And yet there's no greater intolerance than being forced to do something against your will or without being asked. So their very first approach to this of of doing something, demanding something for the sake of tolerance, that act in itself was intolerant. So I call this intolerant tolerance, and we're seeing more and more. Let me give you an example. Imagine if I was Muslim and I told you that in order to be tolerant of my beliefs, not only should you Accept um, the fact that I want to participate in Ramadan where you don't eat from sun up to sunset um, for, I think it's a month. But imagine if I demanded that you participate with me. That in order for you to be tolerant of my Muslim beliefs, not only did you have to accept the fact, which would be completely fine. Most people would say that's fine. If that's what you want to do, then you go and do it. But no, imagine if I demanded, if you really tolerated my religion, you would do it with me. You would participate with me. Tolerance is not just you allowing me my Muslim beliefs, but now it means you've got to fast from sunup till sundown. Um... And if not, then you're a bigoted, intolerant person. Like that just sounds crazy. And yet that's what happened here. Now, secondly, while the Manly Club cited inclusiveness as the reason for wearing the jersey, they simultaneously became exclusive toward their own players by making the seven sit the game out. And while the Manly Club acknowledged that it was an oversight not to have consulted the players, they still remained staunch on their decision to not let the boys play. Now notice this, the boys never refused to play alongside the LGBTQT players. They never refused to play alongside those who wore the Pride jersey. They just simply asked, that they would be respected in their beliefs, that they did not want to wear it. So they were being tolerant. So where does this all leave us? It really does leave us in a little bit of trouble, I'd say, unless we also start speaking up like the manly seven. Manly they are indeed, I think. Now, this is the interesting thing. Who are the ones making up these rules? Well, it's actually the progressive social activists. It's not the conservatives. It's not the religious. It's not even the government, by the way. The government usually get on board later so that they don't lose votes. But these rules that are made up by the progressive social activists are not based on anything of substance, but they're purely based on their own opinions. And they're likely to change at a moment's notice to keep up with the latest woke agenda. Now, the problem is the truly tolerant people like you and me, we're doing it that just just that again, we're tolerating it. We're doing what we do best. We do. We are tolerant people. And yet we're tolerating something that we need to stop tolerating. The intolerant ones are actually them, the rule makers, the progressive social activists. And their messaging guys is really clear We must be tolerant of the things they say we must be tolerant of. We must be inclusive of the things they say we must be inclusive of. But they, on the other hand, do not need to be tolerant of others' views, nor do they need to be inclusive of other values. And while we must be tolerant, they're allowed to be intolerant. And while we must be inclusive, they're allowed to be exclusive nothing to see here. And that is exactly what just happened this week to the manly seven. So let's look at what true tolerance is. According to the dictionary, tolerance means to allow or permit to recognize and respect others' beliefs and practices without sharing them. So in other words, it's allowing others to believe what they want to believe without having to agree or share their beliefs. By this definition, the boys were the ones happy to play alongside those wearing the jersey. They were happy and are happy to play alongside LGBTQ players. They're happy for people to have these views. They just don't share them. So they were allowing and permitting others their own beliefs, while at the same time, remaining true to their own. That is tolerance. The boys themselves were displaying tolerance. It is the club that were displaying the utmost intolerance here. They would not let the boys play. They would not let the boys even attend. So they were allowing and permitting one set of beliefs while at the same time, not allowing or permitting the other boys' beliefs. So true tolerance treats those with different views courteously and allows public discourse of their views, but there was none of that here. And what about inclusiveness, which was the big word being bandied around over this whole situation? Inclusiveness is the quality of including many different types of people and treating them all fairly and equally. Again, While the forcing of the wearing of a pride jersey might be inclusive to the LGB community, banning the ones who don't want to wear it is the opposite of inclusive because it is not treating all parties fairly and equally at all. So, who are the non inclusive ones here? Who are the intolerant ones? Now, the reason that the boys were even banned from attending, according to the Daily Mail, and it was the police and the club that asked them not to attend, was that they were worried about trouble in the crowd and they wanted to ensure the boys' safety. But even that, what the heck? This is getting really tiresome because are you noticing who the aggressive troublemakers are known to be? They weren't worried that the boys were the ones that would be inciting the violence. They were trying to protect the boys. It wasn't the boys. It wasn't the religious people. It wasn't the Christians. In fact, the Christians are the ones known to be tolerant and kind. And so I think even that says an awful lot that the boys could not attend for their own safety. Where was that violence supposedly perhaps going to come from? Now if a player wants to wear a pride jersey, go for it. Knock yourself out. Hugh Jackman did. He proudly wore it, had photos of himself wearing it to support the the cause. But if those seven boys for religious and cultural reasons don't want to, then they should also be allowed not to. They were not being disrespectful. They were living according to their beliefs and their values. So why aren't their convictions also being respected? Why aren't they part of the inclusion? Why wasn't their faith being tolerated? And one of the most concerning intolerances that we're starting to see more and more is toward those with religious views. Now this week, Bob Katter. Now, who's Bob Catter? If you live in Queensland, you most likely know. But he's an Australian politician who's been active in politics since 1974. He's part of the House of Representatives um, here in Queensland. He's a big advocate for people that live out in the in the rural in um, rural parts of Queensland. Uh, now, he spoke up just this week in the media with a Bible in his hand, and I'm going to read to you in a moment what he said. But why did he do this? Why did he front up to the media with a Bible in his hand? Well, the reason is he understands that there's a new discrimination in town and it's towards Christians, it's towards the Bible, and it's towards the very moral fabric that our society was built on. And one of the reasons Bob Catter fronted up was because the Senate chief of parliament came out last week saying that he wants to ban prayer in parliament like what the heck something they've been doing for decades and decades and decades and now this this senate chief comes along and wants to ban prayer So I'll read you in a a moment um, what he said, but Bob Catter has been in the game for a very long time and he is obviously seeing something that most people can't or don't want to see, and that is discrimination. And I fear that we're getting used to these forms, these new forms of discrimination, even though for decades we as a society have been fighting all forms of discrimination, it turns out that there are some new forms that seem to be quite acceptable now. And we are all just rolling over, going with it. Yes, sir. No, sir. Three bags full, sir. Just tell me who I'm allowed to discriminate against and I shall blindly obey. Let me give you a couple that we've been seeing in recent times I have that, that people have been falling for. I have never seen so many people turn a blind eye to discrimination as we saw just recently with the vaccines. We discriminated against those who wanted to choose what went into their bodies. This has never happened before. For those who didn't comply, we locked them out of going to places in society for goodness sakes like restaurants and uh, and stadiums. And then that was, if that wasn't enough, we took their careers and their jobs. Another form of discrimination that we're seeing is against women. We've been fighting to empower women for decades, and I'm wondering where all the feminists have gone. But now we're discriminating by allowing biological men to compete in their sports So they'll most likely never have a chance of winning. And now we're further discriminating against women by completely erasing them. Nobody seems to be able to define what a woman is. They no longer exist. We have pregnant people who chest feed. So let me read to you some of what has said when he stood um, before the media with the Bible in his hand. It was actually titled um, when it went out as a press release, religious belief persecution continues as Pali prayers Pali Ming Parliament prayers ban proposed. Okay, so an enraged Mr. Catter used the opportunity to hold up the Holy Bible and rattle off a plethora of recent examples of religious persecution in Australia. He showed solidarity and support to the seven Manly Sea Eagles players who stood down to defend their religious beliefs, praising them for their conviction. And now I quote him, and he was holding up the Bible here. This book, for 5,000 years, has been the heartland of religious belief, a concept that there is something bigger than me. But in sharp contrast, the persecutors believe that there is nothing bigger than themselves and their opinions, Mr. Catter said. For 5,000 years, the persecution of the people who believe in this book have been on public record. I will not go through the persecutions that go back to the dawn of time. I'll just mention one, just one. During World War II, 6 million people were murdered in cold blood, many in gas chambers for no other reason than what they believed. And remember, the Torah is based on the first five books of the Hebrew Bible. This continued persecution, he goes on to say, is well and truly alive today. Just have a look at what's happened to these seven boys from Manly. They have been persecuted for no other reason than they have moral conviction, and whether you agree with their convictions or not is irrelevant. The conviction shown by these seven men is heroic, and every decent member of society should admire them. Whether you agree with them or you don't, they have stood up for what they believe in at great personal sacrifice, and that is truly admirable. This is what the people of self-righteous arrogance have done to them. They have had their jobs taken off them, taken their family security off them, taken their incomes from them. They've put the house they live in in great jeopardy, their futures, their aspirations all in jeopardy. According to news reports today, these players have been confined to their houses. They have been locked up. Apparently, they are doing this to protect the players. But do you know what they said to the first Australians when they rounded them up in chains and sent them to Palm Island? They said, we are doing this to protect you. We're hearing that a lot, aren't we? Doing it for your safety. All right, I continue. To think that this is happening in Australia today is sickening. We Christians have no illusions that we are now under persecution. First, they targeted uh, Hollingsworth and the biggest church in Australia. I I won't go into that, but that was Peter Hollingsworth, who was the, um, he became a, um, a, forget the name. I'll I'll talk about it afterwards anyway, but he was um, like really high up in the Anglican church. And then having finished with the biggest church in Australia, they then started on the leader of the second, second biggest church in Australia and tore him to pieces. They're referring to George Pell there. Then they turned to the evangelicals. They started on Israel Folau. They took his whole life away from him and destroyed his career because he made a quote from this book. He was punished for his quotation of this book. Yet for 5,000 years, people have based the foundation of entire societies. On its teachings. More than half the world believes in this book or in parts of it. It is an unreasonable thing to quote from a book. Sorry, is it an unreasonable thing to quote from a book that more than half the population is committed to? In Australia, it is. And now we have been told by some that we cannot say prayers in the parliament. We can show allegiance to some lady in England, but we cannot say prayers. So to my fellow Christians, Muslims, Sikhs, and people of other religious belief, I say this to you, please, will you circulate the names of those who persecute you? We must stop this cold-hearted persecution. They got Pell, they got Hollingworth, they got Folau, they have got the manly boys so when will they start on you so that is what bob cadder came out and said uh, just a couple of days ago and i really think he hit the nail on the head in the second paragraph of his speech where he says that we've always believed that there's something bigger than ourselves Something outside of ourselves. But the new persecutors, and that is exactly who they are the progressive, socially progressive activists, um, they believe that there is nothing bigger than themselves or their own opinions. Now, like Bob has said, do you stand up for your moral convictions? Do you stand up for what you believe in? And here's an even harder one have you in any way persecuted others? For standing up for what they believe in? And that's a really difficult question. It takes a lot of honesty to be able to answer that. So, Kata is really talking here about the continued slippery slope of the discrimination against people for their religious beliefs. And he's right. <laughs> he was saying they got Pell, they got Hollingworth, they got Falau, they've got the Manly Seven. When will they start on you and me? Now, just a quick explanation there. Hollingworth, he was the Archbishop of the Anglican Diocese of Brisbane. And then that's the word I couldn't think of, the Governor General. I kept thinking the word General. I'm like, Director General? No, what is it? He was the Governor General of Australia, elected in 2001. And then um, Pell was the Australian Cardinal of the Catholic Church, Both of these guys, for for two different reasons, were accused of different things and and, um, were vilified. Pell obviously went to jail for it and then got exonerated and found that he wasn't guilty. Um, And so this just keeps happening over and over. Um, Now, before we finish, I should really tell you how this story ended with the whole Manly Seven So, um, so what happened, which I think is really kind of interesting is that clearly the club were down seven of their best players. And so then the next seven that they tried to replace them with, I'm not sure if it was all of them or some of them also refused to wear the Jersey. So I don't know who they ended up replacing these boys with, but, um, they lost the game. Oops. They got not just beaten. They got kind of slaughtered by the roosters 20 to 10. Now it's interesting that the New South Wales state of origin coach, Brad Fittler, he's actually kind of stood up for these guys. He has called for the NRL to reduce the number of special jerseys that the teams have to keep wearing after this Sea Eagles pride jersey fiasco and that's what i was saying at the start they've got a home a jersey for when they're at home a jersey for when they play away from home and then a couple of special jerseys which is great and i know that one of them is an indigenous journey which at jersey which is amazing because that's part of who we are in australia but um he's saying that it's just getting ridiculous that, you know, younger boys and girls that are watching, well, what jersey are they meant to be wearing to their home, to their games? And he's saying that we're watering down messages. He said that he supported the boycotting players and that if if the NRL was going to call it the inclusivity round, then he said, you've also got to include people who don't believe in it. Finally, someone from the club, from the state of origin with a, um, with a brain. So, um, and then of course he argued that the constant use of different jerseys was actually devaluing the club's identities. So I'm waiting for poor old Brad Fittler to get canceled because, oh my gosh, he did the, the, the terrible cardinal sin of speaking out against this socially progressive woke left. Um, But then another part of me kind of giggled and thought, oh, pity that they're going to minimize the jerseys because I was going to suggest that maybe, maybe, you know, Easter around Easter time or towards the end of the year, they could wear a Jesus Lives jersey maybe with a big cross on it. I thought that would be a pretty good jersey for them to wear. What do you reckon, guys? Anyway, that brings me to the end of today's episode, but I just really wanted to unpack that. And just keep pointing out, guys, every time that you feel afraid to stand up for something, think again, think twice, start calling these bullies because that's what they are, they're bullies. Start calling them out at their own game. If they're shouting about being tolerant and inclusive, what about them being tolerant and inclusive of your beliefs and what you, um, the values that you live by? And then start calling out their intolerance and their exclusivity. And just remember what true tolerance is. That true tolerance is allowing people to have their own beliefs without you having to share them. And so if anyone acts in a way that is any less than that, call them out on it. Call the situation out as it is because we need to start doing that more and more. And I say I say hats off to Bob Catter. He wears a hat a lot actually, so that's funny. Mum joke. Hats off to Bob Catter who um who stood up for the the manly 7 but also who stood up for our you know the 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 fact that the tradition in parliament is that we say prayers in parliament and the thing that I love about that, that he said is even with that saying prayers in parliament, some people might say, oh, well, if I'm not a Christian, I should be made to pray. And I, can, and I can understand that. But you know what? Again, you don't have to participate in that prayer. You don't have to say that prayer. You can stand there with your eyes open. But again, the more I see society moving away from something, believing in something bigger than themselves, the more our society is becoming an absolute mess. And how I find it highly arrogant that people would want to take prayer out of parliament when prayer is an acknowledgement that there is something bigger than ourselves. And I think that the only chance our country has of survival in the future is to always remember that and to acknowledge that. God help us otherwise. Anyway, guys, thank you for putting up with my croaky voice today. I love you guys. Thank you for your beautiful reviews. Keep them coming. I appreciate it. Helps people to find this podcast. And until Friday, have a wonderful week. I'll see you then. Bye.